This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to episode 95 of the Animaniacast. Here it comes, our first feature-length script. Fabu. It's brilliant, it's genius. And most important of all, it's done. Hey, what do you know? We actually did it. We wrote a script. We've written a show. 800 pages. We overdid it. But still, we've got a chance to get rich. You've just got to make that pitch to the CEO who gives the go. Because he's the guy who says yes or no to, to make, make it, it into a movie, movie so you see. Out the door, my friends, and follow me. Hey, where are we going? We're on our way to go see Mr. Plotz. Because he's the man in charge who calls the shots. He's really good. He's Hollywood and no one can deny. He knows the biz because he's a whiz and that, my friends, is why. We're on our way to go see Mr. Plotz. I hear he's got a plane and several yachts. Because he's successful. He's a genius. He's the man who has it all. Got a Bentley in his driveway. And an Oscar on his wall. He's the guy that Steven Spielberg wants to know. He's Mr. Potts, the Warner CEO. And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated television series, Animaniacs. And here we talk about the series episode by episode. We talk about all the cultural references, all the gags, stuff like that. And, of course, in the end, we give each episode a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me, as always, is my brother Nathan... What are you talking about? Are you speaking rap? <laughs> and joining us across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hello. <laughs> Kelly is a little under the weather today, unfortunately. Yeah, stupid sinus infection. Blech. It's gross. But I'm glad you're here. We're all back. We took a week off last week because we were all like just under the weather and it just... I'll tell you, there's a change of weather in the air, you know, how it is. You get a little colder, and, uh, you know, bodies can't take it sometimes. No, we're getting old. Yes, we're getting too old for this stuff. But I'll t- <laughs> but we, uh, you know, sickness aside, we had it easy compared to some of the other folks. Like uh, in California, Nathan, uh, you know, l- just for those people listening way into the future, we're talking... We're recording this in November of 2018, and mm. uh, what's been going on lately? In there's been, oh, there's been some uh, wild, some wild wildfires um, burning up uh, the forests. It's uh, pretty big, and it's been super deadly. Unfortunately, it's yeah. really sad. So it's been it's the largest wildfire in California history, and uh, yeah, actually the multiple the campfire well, one, and then. Uh, Oh, gosh, what was the one in Malibu? Uh, that one called the Woosley, I think that one's called, right? Mm, yeah. Woosley. And then there's been a couple other ones. Yeah, it's 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 a little scary, but uh, I, I'm pretty safe where I'm at. So, I'm, But uh, still, it's uh, uh, pretty bad. <laughs> Paul, Paul Rugg was sharing some footage um, on his uh, Facebook account showing one side of, the, of his so, you know, sky from outside of his... Uh, balcony sky blue overlooking the harbor and then turning to the left and just seeing black smoke and then like the smoke just you know canceling out the sun like an eclipse it was so scary but uh but it was especially (laughs) intense for one of our friends uh tom ruger who lives in uh the well just a little close to to malibu in that area in the hills. Uh, and so he was very lucky and the fire got close, but uh, did not affect his house, luckily. And uh, his his neighborhood was spared. Uh, thank goodness. But he, <laughs> for the last few weeks, I've been like just frantically 
checking on his social media posts and updates and everything like that to see if he was okay and everything. So thank goodness he's perfectly fine and everything's fine. But, oh, boy, there's, you know, our hearts go out to all those in, in California who are affected by all this because it is just, it's it's bad stuff right now. And, and Rob Paulson, I know, had a house uh, has a house over in Malibu as well. And as far as we can tell, it looks like his house was okay, I believe. But uh, it just affects so many people once you, you know, once you get down to it. Here's a quick post-recording update for everybody. Rob Paulson actually did do a uh, an update for everybody regarding his uh, situation in Malibu. So here's what he had to say, and we're very thankful that it's good news. Well, as usual, I have way more than my share for which to be thankful this Thanksgiving. Um, this year's a little specialer. If you can see all that burned ground and torched stuff. See this palm tree right here? Yeah. Put a brand new telephone pole up in the last few days. Incredible work. Uh, but in particular, this is significant because um, you see the burn right in front of the face of that mountain there. But then you come right here. And that is our home. <laughs> How about that? Literally about 25 feet from the flames. So, from a very grateful Southern Californian, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Um, I don't even, I don't even know how to verbalize. This is a guy who makes his living speaking. Uh, how incredibly grateful all of us are here to the firefighters, first responders, AT&T people, the gas company people, the people who fix your internet, all of that. These people are nothing short of heroic. These men and women jump right in. Incredible. Um, please, please, please send any donation you can to the Red Cross. I've seen them in action, folks. And as if you had to be reminded, they are the real freaking deal. Um, we are fine, but there are thousands who are not. So this Thanksgiving, if you got an extra five bucks uh, <laughs> and you can get off the couch, uh, grab your phone and send it to the Red Cross. All right. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, so our hearts go out to all the folks who, uh, who are going through all that. So hopefully today's discussion about episode 95 might brighten things up, perhaps, <laughs> for some. Uh, but before we get into all that, right now, we have to do a commercial. So Nathan, hit us with our very important commercial theme song. Uh, this is a commercial for you to listen to. It's a commercial break, and we're gonna take it right now. Thank you. All right. <laughs> and our commercial, of course, is for tpublic.animaniacast.com. It's our tpublic store, because the weekend that this uh, episode comes out, they're having a huge sale on uh, everything at uh, the tpublic store. So... We have a collection of various Animaniacs, Pinky in the Brain, Spielberg, and Star Wars designs that we like. And uh, I threw in a few other ones, too, like a, some Roger Rabbit stuff and Oswald the Lucky Rabbit and all that kind of stuff. There's just a lot of cool stuff. There particularly is a, a, a design that I know I'm going to be picking up where it's a Haunted Mansion Animaniacs uh, mashup called Foolish Mortals. And I showed that to you two a little earlier today. And, and Kelly, I know you saw it. What did you think about it? I really liked it. I'm tempted to get it for myself. I think I might have to get it in a pillow, perhaps. or Because a part of me says, oh, it looked good on a shirt. But it might even look better as a just an art print or something like that. You know, which I don't think there's an art print. I don't think the artist put it down as an art print. But I know you can get it as a pillow or a tapestry. Tapestry? Uh, tapestry. <laughs> <laughs> no, <a lot> tapestries. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am Mickey Mouse. <laughs> um, 
But you can as a pill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Though I can't say the word tapestry without without thinking of a uh, Last Crusade. <laughs> so anyway. But uh, there are tons of great uh, designs. And these are designs, of course, that you're not going to find in the stores. In fact, this Christmas time, there's not really that many Animaniacs designs out there. Um, I happen to, I just got a Pinky in the Brain shirt from Kohl's. Uh, it was $10. It's a really cool Pinky in the Brain shirt. But there's not, there was like that big kind of a, you know, Nathan and I did an episode about an year or two ago about all the different merchandise available, Funkos and all this kind of other stuff. But lately, it's kind of been dry. There's not been a lot of new merchandise out there. So, tpublic.animaniacast.com. Again, that's tpublic.animaniacast.com. It's really the place to go for all that kind of stuff. You can get some really cool designs, and you don't have to spend that much money. I mean, if you want to get a shirt, that's fantastic. But if you want to get just a sticker, that just costs a couple bucks and... Of course, there's mugs and pillows and all that other stuff. So head over there and uh, check out those deals. But that's not it. Because, Nathan, where else could people go when they're, oh, I don't know, doing Cyber Monday shopping or something like that? Um, it's a little uh, startup company. It's called Amazon. Uh, if you go to amazon.animanicast.com uh, as your homepage, uh, a little... Uh, portion of the proceeds i don't know go go to us i guess you know just just do your normal shopping that you would normally do but uh just when you first go to amazon just go to amazon.animanicast.com as your uh new homepage, and then uh it'll help us out yeah. it'll, it'll support the podcast exactly it'd be awesome it'd be awesome yeah we don't have <laughs> we don't have those fancy things like patreons and and uh you know donation boxes and everything uh but uh, really to help you know pay for all the the hosting costs it does for uh you know it takes for a podcast uh we really appreciate the support that you guys get give us through those links uh both with uh, t public and amazon because uh gosh you're getting stuff that you would be buying usually anyway and you're helping us out as well so it's really a win-win situation and uh we really appreciate your support so let's go ahead and get into our discussion of today's episode, episode 95, which is the first, it's actually part one of a two-part series, or two-part episode, I should say. It's called Hooray for North Hollywood. And uh, Nathan, tell us, when was uh, Hooray for North Hollywood part one? When did it first mm. premiere? All right, well, I'm glad you asked. This premiered on the same day as Hooray for Hollywood Part 2. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> but what happened oh, on that day? The, the actual, oh, and the actual date was <laughs> uh, January 3rd, Saturday, 1998. And um, since there's two episodes, I'm just going to go over what uh, some movies that came out since the last uh, episode to air. Um, so here's some cool movies that came out. So um, we had uh, Starship Troopers. We had Anastasia. Oh, I love Anastasia. <laughs> we had Alien Resurrection, Blubber, Goodwill Hunting, uh, Scream 2, Titanic, Tomorrow Never Dies, As Good As It Gets, and the best of the best, uh, Spice World. There you go. <laughs> I've never seen Spice World. It's not, not bad, good. actually. I mean, it's bad, but like they do it good. How bad it is. <laughs> Like they they know it's a bad movie, so it's they they're funny that way. Um, gosh, these movies from the '90s, some of them just uh, live on, like, but some of them really just fail miserably. But either way, they're kind of fun to watch to this day. Like Starship Troopers is so so bad, good. it's good. <laughs> it's uh, I saw the Rift Tracks version of that in the theater. It was a lot of fun, but I would not yeah. recommend seeing the movie necessarily. Well, I don't know if you're. I, I, I should ever say that because it's campy. It's so campy. It's like, you know what? And nostalgia really helps fill in the gaps of <laughs> when a movie's bad. It doesn't feel that bad when you have yeah, nostalgia if, attached. If you've never seen it before, you don't need to see it. It's not a movie you need to see. <laughs> exactly. You should see Anastasia, and it's now a Broadway musical. So and a Disney movie. Uh, it's Fox not a Disney. Well, okay, whatever. <laughs> if Fox gets bought out by Disney, right? Won't it be? Uh... But it wasn't. <laughs> it's Don Bluth. Yes. 
Uh, yeah, I loved Anastasia. I remember seeing that in the theater with the family. That was so much fun. So when, a- when he says Dasvidaniya at the end, is he saying goodbye in English? Ooh, think about that. That's maybe because he's speaking like really Russian. <laughs> he was super Russian, and they could not translate him. Into... Like if only there was some word for Dasvidaniya in English. Oh, yeah, that's a good. That's a good point, Ethan. I never. I, I always don't think about that when it's like, oh, they're all speak. They're all supposed to be speaking Russian or German or French or whatever, but they're all speaking English, or they just have that accent going on. You know what I mean? Well, mm-hmm. whatever. We'll have to see the Russian dubbed version of Anastasia to see if he just says goodbye at the end. <laughs> well, well, anyway, let's go ahead and get into our discussion of episode 95. And of course, it's Hooray for North Hollywood, part one. And Hooray for North Hollywood, part one, was written by Randy Rogel and Tom Ruger. And it was directed by a bunch of folks, because there's lots of different parts to this. Uh, Stephen Lewis, Herb Moore, David Pryor, and Kirk Tingblad, who has the coolest name, I think, of all the directors. <laughs> Close second might be Adu Payton. Third place, of course, is John McClanahan. But I, I really like Kirk Tingblad's name, because Tingblad is so such a cool name. Anyway... <laughs> Well, let's. We're going to go ahead and just talk about the basics of uh, the segments, I suppose. Um, Nathan, why don't you go ahead and start us off here? What happens here at the beginning of uh, "Hooray for North Hollywood" Part One? All right. Well, um, I guess we start off with a bus, and uh, it drives off, and we see that uh, North Hollywood doesn't look good, and then we look at Burbank, and that looks good, and then we're looking at some uh, good feathers, and they're talking about clouds. Um, yeah, and uh, they get in a fight because Pesto thinks it looks like an elephant and Squid thinks it looks like a snake. And then we go into the water tower and we see uh, Yakko is busy typing and he's writing a play. And uh, a screenplay. A screenplay, Scre- I should say. Yeah, yes. for a movie. And they just finished it. And now they got to go uh, take it to Mr. Plots. And that's where they head. Is that a good yeah. uh, opening? And then okay. they, yeah, exactly. And then they sing a song about it. They sing a song about it. And that's the end of Act One, I guess. So. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, what did you guys think about this opening? Any highlights for you guys? I mean, I'll tell you about you know some of the quick, you know, uh, I suppose references i mean uh they they mentioned in the song that uh plots hired cecil b demille which what <laughs> cecil b demille was like uh he was let's see who was he in charge of he was the cecil b demille was an american filmmaker between 1914 and 1958 he died in 1959 um so yeah i don't know how he, he apparently plots is incredibly old but <laughs> Which I guess makes sense now that I think about it, because he was the one who put the didn't he put the Warners in the water tower to begin with? Yeah, I think so. I think wow, it was around that time. Plots is so really was in old. The 30s. Yeah, he's so a, I think he was just starting off then. Wow, wow. Or, okay. Unless it was his dad, I don't. Know. Oh, that's true. There might have been the whole dad thing going on. I don't know. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's ageless. But, uh, yeah, it means he at least hired him right before he died. He might not have hired. Right, you know, his first hiring job, maybe just his last well, gig. <laughs> you know, these these rejuvenation centers and plastic surgery centers yeah, exactly. in L.A. You know, they keep them oh. they keep them uh, looking uh, short and old. So, uh, but what were some of your the highlights for you guys for this uh, this first portion right here? Did you see anything, hear anything that you thought was really interesting or cool, uh, Kelly? I guess we'll start with you. Even Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> I was like, I know what Kelly's going to say, and if she doesn't, <laughs> she was not paying attention. <laughs> I'm not that sick. <laughs> you had to be pretty sick to miss the pop-up of Steven Spielberg just popping up uh, right well, there. Well, the song they were singing about plots at first, like, it really sounded like they were singing about Steven Spielberg because it was talking about what a genius he was, and he's got yachts and all this stuff and like he's an amazing person I'm like this cannot be about plots it must be about Spielberg but then they mentioned Spielberg in the song and they said you know plots is the kind of guy that Spielberg wants to know or something like that and um, and then Spielberg pops up and I'm like yay <laughs> but um, yeah I was excited <laughs> 
Nathan, what about you? What were some things that you thought were cool? Um, it was nice seeing the good feathers again. I haven't seen them in a while. Um, and I I liked the beginning of the song. Uh, we're on our way to see Mr. Plots before they left the water tower. And then I thought it got really dumb, and I didn't like the song anymore. Mm. Except I'm seeing Steven Spielberg was fine, but like I, the whole concept of the song's weird. I'm like, it's not a great. Uh, I, I don't I didn't like the melody of it very much, but also just like, why are they singing so much praise about Mr. Plots? When have they ever been like he's a genius? <laughs> like i don't know if they're being sarcastic in the song or what but like it didn't come across like that and it just didn't make sense it was just confusing to you why they liked him so Mm -hmm. much and i was just like i would just cut the song even though it is like you know furthering the plot but still i'm just like i don't (laughs) Mm, i see i see as soon as like they they say in the water tower like we're gonna go see mr plot and then they walk out and like so where are we going like we're gonna go see mr plot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like yeah you just you were just saying that like a lot <laughs> yeah you were throwing darts at his face saying like oh there's still what the ceo he's gotta decide whether we should do it so like where are we going <laughs> well um, yeah it's fine i saw lots of cool little you know background stuff like when they were going to, they were showing uh north hollywood or burbank in that general area uh they're showing some of the stores there was a uh a used book and video store, which made me a little, which was kind of a seedy area that they were showing that. So it made me a little curious as to what specific books and videos were in there. But there was also a place called Rusty's Cutlery that says, that said, need a knife quick. Uh, so I thought some of those <laughs> background stores were pretty, were pretty funny. I really appreciated that uh, when we went inside the water tower it was a, a big giant water tower again with a roller coaster and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. again. It was bigger on the inside. Intent mm. <laughs> Tardis. Uh, <laughs> and and some of those uh posters were back up on the board again, you know, like uh the Weed Memlo directed posters like uh Aunt Misby Hyven and Oi My Rash and everything like that. Just seeing those up on the on the wall were uh was just a nice bit of continuity uh that they kept around. So I, I appreciated seeing those. And I liked the song. It wasn't the best song, but I, I I liked it. Well, uh then we move on to the second portion right here where they have to go, I guess, pitch it to Mr. Plotz. And uh Kelly, what happens here in this uh they, they go into their the the offices and uh what happens? <laughs> They realize there are a lot of people there wanting to do the exact same thing. And they have to take a number, and they're 9,999. And he's currently seeing number three. Are we next? (sighs) No, Echo. Not even close. You know the reason California schools scored so low in math? Why? And the person that he sees is, um, he throws him out of the office and says he's never going to work in this town again. He's horrible. And um, this other guy goes shaking in there and um, he he throws him out too. And the guy breaks into a million pieces and smashes against the wall. And Boy, Mr. Plotz must have hated that script. Actually, that one he liked. So you know, they tell her that they want to see Mr. Plotz and... Um, she says, oh, you are a little Ewoks. Hold, please. Mr. Plotz's office. Mr. Brando, please hold. The mayo. Ahem. Hi, we're here to see Mr. Plotz. How darling, Ewoks. Uh, close, but no. And uh, they said, no, we're not Ewoks. And then Mr. Plotz throws out George Lucas, and he says, another Star Wars sequel, George, nobody wants that. And throws him out, which is funny. And um, <laughs> so uh, the lady gets sad because she the, she says, no more Ewok movies. Another sequel to Star Wars? Are you crazy? It's over, George. Now give it up. Aw, too bad. No more Ewok movies. We're not Ewoks, lady! Yeah, which I love the Ewok movies, by the way. They're amazing. They are. I need to watch them again. I need to watch them again. They have their. They're great. 
yeah, I, I remember. I remember that uh, they got pre- it got pretty dark there in that second one when like Sindel's brother like gets killed. The whole he? family is massacred. Yeah, the whole family gets killed. They're dead after like the first movie focuses on having to rescue them from the Gorax. I think it was that huge thing. Yeah. Which, by the way, that Gorax is canon now. By the way, mm-hmm. it's so cool. They put it in uh, the Forces of Destiny cartoon. And uh, I'm like, I was so happy. <laughs> so there's there's definitely moments in those Ewok movies that uh, have uh, greatness in them. And they have the Quaker oat milk guy. That's true. Quaker oats. It's the right thing to do. <laughs> um, but uh, so they're like, well, no, we're not Ewoks. And uh, Mr. Plotz asks her to come in and take some dictation. And she leaves. And so then they start answering the phone on the switchboard. And one of the first calls they take is from Sid Sheinberg, who um, I know the name. I don't know common knowledge to anybody else. But um, he uh, was um, president of Universal Studios. And he's the one that saw Steven Spielberg's student film Amblin and signed him to a contract. Uh, Gave him his first job in 1968. And he really helped. Spielberg um, pulled together Jaws and E.T. and also uh, had a big impact on Jurassic Park and Schindler's List and you know so really had a um, a lot of influence and you know longtime partnership with Spielberg over over decades of his career. So if it wasn't for so Sid Sheinberg, we would maybe not have have it really. Spielberg may not have been successful. Let's not even think about. I mean. That, that such a time does not exist because <laughs> Spielberg is, is is always successful. Even even never mind. There's some we don't talk about some movies because I, I love Steven Spielberg. So I um so so then they they are schmoozing all of the the people that they're calling and talking to all sorts of uh, famous people really pouring on the compliments and saying you've never seen a script like this this is amazing and so they're doing this moves sydney sweetie baby you're terrific oh my other line is ringing uh, can you hold keanu man i flipped because i've got the perfect script and believe me you're the only one i've told meryl honey darling babe i love you it's a perfect part there's no way you can fail And that's because you're the best. You are way above the rest. And I understand you used to work for scale. Eisner! Michael Greenlight's right at 50 million. We're talking Costner, so we're shopping it around. You know, the line's around the corner, and they love it out at Warner. You don't want to be the guy who turned it down. You gotta do the schmooze, or else you'll wind up being yesterday's news. You gotta schmooze them while you're talking PR from the phone in your car. Be the guy who says that I can make you a star. You gotta learn to schmooze. Tell everyone about your friend Tom Cruise. And say you recommend a chair for a part. You gave De Niro his start. And on The Simpsons you suggested that they call the kid Bart. You did the meal, you closed the deal. You made an offer that they couldn't refuse. And that's the way that you schmooze. Hey, I think I can do that. Be my guest. And then they finally get in to see Mr. Plotz. And... He's there with Chicken Boo, his lawyer, but he doesn't know he's a chicken. Still. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the third no, time. Out, we schmooze or we lose. Let's schmooze. Plotsy baby, you look terrific. Great tie. Is that new? I see you had the chicken salad for lunch. <laughs> That's not chicken salad. It's lasagna. Hey, hey, that diet's working. And then they start trying to get him to take an interest in their script and they really kind of try to make it sound good it's like about a guy and a girl but the guy loses the girl and the girl but then he meets another girl and loses that girl and then that girl meets a guy and then they lose each other and then everybody's lost (laughs) and so he's like does it have a happy ending and they say only if you pay us so i'm not really sure if that was supposed to be a dirty joke Oh, well, oh, <laughs> I didn't think so, but I thought I could see how it could be interpreted that way. Um, I mean, yeah, good no, night, I think it's everybody. Just, 
I just think I just think for them, like everyone will have a it's, this this story will have a happy ending be, as long as you pick up our script. I think is what they were yeah. saying. As long as you, if you pay us, we'll be happy, well, kind of thing. That's the like. innocent interpretation. I'm <laughs> I'm not sure. the way the line was delivered. It just made me question it. But you know, I, sometimes my mind's in the gutter. <laughs> um, so then they uh, start telling them about you know they're like oh well. Because they, they have another Spielberg reference. They say, we can, well, Spielberg will direct. And Plot says, that's good. But not this movie. That's bad. You know, the budget's been cut, you know, cut down, way down to size. He said, that's good. And they said, but it's still $100 million. That's bad. It'll be, it'll win Oscars. Or there'll be Oscars on the wall. Yes, it's good. But not for this movie. That's <laughs> So they keep going back and forth about that. And then, um... He finally kicks them out of the office. Well, uh, this is, and then I could, I think we're missing one thing, aren't we? Which is the they sing a song, song, which is has nothing really to do with uh, with their pitch <laughs> at all. No, so it, it was, was like, completely forgettable. What if, what if we sang a song? I mean, that that's bad, and then they sing a song. So it's just like <laughs> okay. I mean, the song was good. I, I mean, yeah, I like the song. thousand different kinds of animals and there are 50,000 more that used to be there's a hundred million ants and a half a billion plants and a lot of fish down underneath the sea there's gotta be a couple million spiders 150 million butterflies and bees and a bunch of different mammals like those elephants and camels and approximately 50 billion trees but there is only one of you that makes you special you stand out among the other things it's true yes the universe is large and whoever is in charge made lots of things but only one of you it had nothing to do with anything. Well, this is where I, a lot of people, and I've seen online, like people say, "Oh my gosh, that is just like so like it makes it just put in there to fill out the time and has nothing to do with it." And yes, perhaps, but for me, I had a flashback to singing in the rain because in singing in the rain they do a very similar scene where they're they're talking about the dancing cavalier, right? They're talking about this is the mm-hmm. dancing cavalier, and we're going to. It's the most pointless song in that movie. I yeah. always skip it. Well, <laughs> they go into this other story. He goes, "It's going to have a short in front of it," and he goes into the the whole thing about the guy going to Hollywood. And before you know it, you watch twenty minutes of uh, Gene Kelly singing "Gotta Dance" and doing all this scene. I personally, that's, the whole, that's all the lines of the song too. <laughs> Gotta dance. Yeah, there you go. Um. I'm glad I could memorize those lyrics. Uh, but I, I personally, I remember skipping that as a kid as well. I mean, we would just go, oh, God, what did this have to do with anything? Um, but- Isn't that like that song in uh, Willy Wonka where the mom sings a song and people skip over it? Because yes. I've seen that on the Internet, and like I don't even remember that scene. Well, she's <laughs> talking about be- Cheer Up, Charlie. Cheer Up, Charlie, yeah. That, yeah. Yep, that was the fast-forward button came out. But uh, yeah. as the years went by, I, I well, I still fast forward the "Cheer Up Charlie" song, but or the uh, the candle on the water for Pete's dragon or something. No. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It happens. What is wrong with you? <laughs> well, Are, do, do you also fast forward through "When Love Is Gone" from the Muppet Christmas Carol no. to "Words Carefully"? Neverly, never, never, neverly, <laughs> never. I would never do that. But that's amazing. <laughs> but it's alright, we're getting close to the Christmas time Watch that DVD Of Muppets Anyway um, I already I already have tickets to see it at the Center for Puppetry Arts Ooh, I wonder if they're going to have the, un- the the full uncut I, version No, somebody asked that in the comments And I was like, oh man, I, I don't know Because the theatric version is doesn't have it So they bet they don't I know I bet they That's don't. why I don't own it on Blu-ray Because Yeah what? My DVD has both versions, and the Blu-ray only has the theatrical cut that I'm aware of. Well, anyway. So, no. Well, this is all going to the point that sometimes there's additional songs in movies. And sometimes they're good, and sometimes they are fast-forwardable. <laughs> well, I don't think this song was fast-forwardable. It, it, it definitely works well by itself. Um, just like I think that Gene Kelly thing of, you know, Gotta Dance and everything works well by itself. I... I 
like it a lot more as an adult than I did as a kid. Um, I think it has some cool design elements and stuff like that. And this song is just really fun. It's it's performed live uh, by Rob Paulson and Randy Rogel in Animaniacs Live, or Animaniacs in Concert, as it were. But uh, yeah, it's it's. What do you think about it, Nathan? Um, I really like the song. I don't think it fits in the episode necessarily, but I it's probably like my favorite song in the episode. Maybe even I don't know. I had no idea this was actually animated because for years I had. I mean, this was originally on the. The CD uh, Yakko's World, which was, the, I think, the, the second Animaniacs album, if I'm not mistaken. And it was just on there. And I just thought, okay, that's just a song that they just did for the soundtrack. And I think it originally was, but they went back and animated it. So, cool. <laughs> anyway, I got some decent StarTunes animation out of that and everything, too. Well... The last section right here, uh, let's see. Basically, they're, they they get kicked out of the office, so they do. Uh, they're out on the street and they're trying to find somebody to uh, speak, you know, to pitch their their movie to to fund it. To fund yeah. it, yeah, they have to do. And yeah, they're doing some crowdfunding. This is like original crowdfunding instead of you know GoFundMe or something for movies. Uh, way before Zach Braff was doing this. You know, the Animaniacs were doing it first. They were out on the street, and they're holding out their cups. And, of course, the Good Feathers are sitting right above them on a line, and they think that uh, they got a donation, but it was like Squit, I think, um, left a different kind of donation in their cup. I'm not so sure this is working. But anyway. Gross. Gross. Uh, They see a Jackie Mason kind of guy. Uh, out on the street, uh, selling newspapers, and they start singing about uh, Variety Speak. I think they also meet they also meet Bill Clinton as well out on the street mm-hmm. as well. Who also talks about a great way to get money is to do some real estate, and uh, talks about renting a spare bedroom or something like that. And uh, the Secret Service pulls him away. Can you help us? Sorry, but I prefer to invest in real estate. Well, do you know how we can raise some big money fast? Well, if you have a spare bedroom at home, you might try renting it out. Hey, did I say something wrong again? Uh-oh, Hillary's going to whoop me for sure. We were talking before recording today about how that was a really abstract joke. Um, because there's the Whitewater scandal, which I know, Nathan, you were too young to... to yeah, I was like, I, I mean, maybe in the, uh, like when this aired, it wasn't as obscure, but like... Nowadays, it's like you would have to be very politically savvy to like <laughs> know these. Things. Yeah, and or I guess just around in that time. But. Yeah, and for Kelly and I in, in high school and everything, it was just like one of those things that you heard that was going on, and people kept wanting to say it was like Watergate, it was like Whitewater, Whitewater scandal, and nothing really seemed to stick on that. Of course, uh, uh, the Clintons were never, as far as I know, really implicated in much of anything, and uh, yeah. It's kind of funny that the whole <laughs> real estate scandals and everything, it's like <laughs> you put them into per- perspective of stuff that goes on since then. It's like, oh, wow, <laughs> they really freaked out a lot about that stuff. And nobody freaks out about stuff today. How ironic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yeah, the, you know, they sing a new version of Variety Speak. In Hollywood, they have a certain way they like to talk. It's used by all the folks who can't chew gum and also walk. It's found inside Variety, a movie magazine. And everyone who reads it wonders what the headlines mean. Like Mitch makes a pitch and he's gonna get rich. Means someone's got a movie that's old. Brando's mad, said screenplay's bad. Means someone else was off of the road. It's called Fargo 2 with a story that's new. Means they're gonna shoot it all in L.A. The budget got maxed, so someone got faxed. Everybody's on the carpet, so the writer got the axe. Well, merchandise scores in the theme park stores. And Disney is the king of the hill. Michael Overton talks with 20th Fox. Means he wants another 93 mil. If you want the poop. Or you need the scoop. On Hollywood Town this week. You're, you're gonna, gonna have to learn to talk that variety speak. They mentioned some abstract kind of folks in this one i mean they have uh bronfman i think with rca and the bronfmans are uh, a bunch of philanthropists slash 
uh, heiresses to the Seagram fortune, or you know, I guess their their father is the the head of the the Seagram Alcohol Company, something like that. I don't know. It's just very inside baseball stuff in this version of Variety Speak. Uh, some some highlights. I mean, I really like the Steven Seagal and uh, uh, Martin Short starring together in uh, Mice and Men. At the end of it all, they say, "Hey, we should." Go see some celebrities. That's who we should we should go out to Beverly Hills and get our movie funded that way. So they all go Beverly Hills. Here we come, and they run off, and uh, we close out with the Good Feathers. The Good Feathers are talking about what are they talking about this time? The stars. The stars. There's, there's millions of stars. Well, actually, billions of stars and billions and <laughs> billions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, they start fighting because they start fighting. Are. The fights of the Good Feathers this time were not as good as they they have been. Pesto got kind of upset about nonsensical. I mean, he always gets upset about stupid things, but I think in this case, mm-hmm. he really did get upset about some dumb stuff. But I thought it would have been funny if in the first fight, like it shows clouds in the background as they're talking. I thought it'd been funny if you see one that looks like an elephant and then one that looks like a snake. So they're like talking about two different clouds. It'd be like, uh, yeah. Exactly. Like, Cause I kept looking, I was like, well, what does it look like? Does it look like an elephant or a snake? Like be funny. If, yeah. Oh, well, like they're both right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that, that pretty much wraps it up for this first part right there. I mean, there's a few other quick things I'll mention. I mean, when it comes to, to references, cause if I don't mention them, it'll drive me crazy. Uh, in the seat, in the waiting room for, uh, Plotz's office. There are lots and lots of caricatures of people. Uh, he kicked out Yosef uh, uh, or Joe Esterhaus, who uh, wrote the screenplay for uh, Basic Instinct and Showgirls and a lot of other horrible movies. Uh, but also, of course, uh, there's uh, Roger Ebert or his, I think it was his name, Egbert or something like that on this, on Animaniacs. I'm not quite sure. He's the character of Ebert, Roger Ebert. Uh, there's a guy who kind of looks like Oliver Stone, kind of looks like Eddie Murphy, perhaps. He's a, he's wearing a red jacket that looks like Eddie Murphy's, you know, stand-up red jacket. So I could I only thought assume. one of the guys kind of looked like Woody Allen. Yes, Woody Allen I did see in there. Uh, Larry King was in there. Spike Lee. I don't know why Larry King would be push, pushing, <laughs> pitching a movie to him, but whatever. Uh, Candace Bergen was in there from Murphy Brown and stuff. Uh a guy who I think was Stephen King, who, um, yeah, sure. I mean, he could, he, he could, he might have a script to pitch. Uh, and of course, there was other stuff on the walls too. I mean, there was like Little Beeper and Hampton and Buster from Tiny Toons, and there was also a picture of Freakazoid on the wall as well. So, yeah, it was colored really badly, horribly. Um, yeah, yeah. It was, it was more abstract. It was like an abstract version of Freakazoid right there. Like, or maybe that just shows you like how little Warner Brothers actually cared about the show Freakazoid. <laughs> they didn't even, that plots didn't even know what Freakazoid was supposed to look like. I don't know. But right. like, anyway. it's basically his shape. And uh... <laughs> yeah, sure. That's fine. Whatever. He's, he's red, right? I think his face. <laughs> and uh, I did, Nathan, of course, you did mention that whole <laughs> when plots is mentioning about. Are you speaking rap? It's price to move. Low eight figures, non-negotiable, out the gate, in the bag, over the fence, through the woods, into grandmother's house we go, babe. What are you talking about? Are you speaking rap? Uh, it reminds me, I have a very special uh, rap thing coming up a little bit if everything goes as planned. You're uh, going to sing rap? No, but uh, <laughs> we have a we have an Animaniacs Christmas rap album from the 90s about plots that we're going to be uh sharing with everybody next month so stay tuned for that that should be a lot of fun so where you can actually hear (laughs) plots rapping it is well i'm gonna be nice and say it's it's not bad but it's it's pretty bad it's it's not terrible it's uh but it's uh it's it's kind of bad well let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating for this one What do you think? Out of five water towers, how many would you give this episode? Nathan, what do you think? Oh, boy. Okay. Um, 
Well, oh, like if I'm just watching this one episode. <laughs> yes, just this <laughs> just first gonna... one. Right. And I had to just stop and I'd be like, well, that's a weird way to end it. So, yeah, I'll say two and a half. <laughs> two and a half. OK. Because <laughs> like I'm like, what that didn't really have any story was a it was kind of a beginning and a middle, but there's no real end. So right. there you go. OK. Kelly, what do you think? Four. Four? Water towers. Yes, because it had Ewok references <laughs> and a cameo by George Lucas and cameo by Steven Spielberg and Steven Spielberg references. And I liked all the songs. Um, Nathan's right, though. There wasn't <clears throat> much of a, a cohesive story, really, um, you know, to be a the, the whole episode long segment but uh i i liked it i thought it was really cute all right i'm gonna go ahead and give it four as well for all the reasons that you stated kelly i i hey i'm just not gonna repeat anything as you mentioned all those great reasons right there (laughs) (laughs) i just say ditto But four for me, I mean, it's it it is half of the story, and I guess this was originally going to be of a, a movie originally, like uh, but mm. then it had to get trimmed down to a two part episode. So it would have been interesting to see some of the original notes for uh for this if it could have been a an actual gosh theatrical movie or something maybe even I don't know that would have been really cool to see animated yeah, on the big screen. Well, whatever it was not to be. Well, I think, oh, one more thing I should, we should mention that I thought was kind of cool. That was the whole, that's good. That's bad. Did you think about the Simpsons there, Nathan? Yeah, I totally thought of the Simpsons, of course. (laughs) Like, what was that part of the Simpsons where Homer kept saying that? It was a treehouse of horror, I thought, right? And um, Oh, yes. The, 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 I think it was the, the doll, the doll, the the crusty doll. And the, then I like how the it last contains one was, sodium benzoate. And he's like, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He has to tell Homer it's so, bad. It's so funny. So, yeah, the Simpsons did the joke first, but even they are, might be referring to something that we're not. Yeah. And it's not to say that the Simpsons one is better. I'm just more used to the Simpsons one. This one was very good. Yes. As well. So they're both very funny. The Zemeckis um, one. I like the Zemeckis Fun. The, guy, mm-hmm. the guy from accounting. Spielberg's gonna direct. That's good. But not this picture. That's bad. But we've got Zemeckis. That's good. It's Freddy Zemeckis from accounting. That's bad. Anyway, very funny episode altogether. So, uh, you know, good solid episode. And we'll continue our talk of all of this next week. We'll wrap it up and then we'll see how it is, I guess, as a whole uh, next week. That's good. Well, let's go ahead and get to our poll results from last week. And... Well, we had a question. Actually, last week, it was a few weeks ago. Whatever. You know what I mean. Uh, the question was, which of these is your favorite Pinky in the Brain cartoon? Hashtag Animaniacs. And the choices were, in third place, Don't Tread on Us with 11%. The Cranial Crusader was second place. They got 37%. But over half, 52% of the people who voted said it was the brain's apprentice. So, Kelly, Nathan, what do you think? Which of those three was your favorite pinky in the brain? Uh, Kelly, do you have a favorite? I would probably go with Cranial Crusader. All right. Why do you think that? I just thought it was cute. <laughs> Good old Batman stuff. Yeah, I like I like the Batman parody. Okay. <laughs> sounds like Slappy the Squirrel. <laughs> I know. She's starting to sound like Slappy at the end. The cold is starting to hit now. <laughs> I like that guy. Uh, enough with the singing already. <laughs> uh, Nathan, what about you? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I I guess I would go with the Brains Apprentice just because it's so original. So, uh, but the Cranial Crusader is a close second. But uh, yeah, I'll say Brains Apprentice is my favorite of the three. All right, and I will I will agree. I'll say Brains Apprentice as well because yeah, it's just. I mean, I said it when we reviewed it. I think there's moments to that. Or they're just beautiful. I mean, just the music and the animation together in it. Um, it's, I mean, it's not the the. I wonder if they if they just gave this mu- that that segment like a good big budget. Like I could see that like as a huge big screen thing going on. And ah, 
I, I, yeah, Brains Apprentice for me. So totally. Well, Nathan, what is our poll question for this week? All right. Well, we have uh, we had some songs in today's episode. We had four songs actually, and I guess the question is, which of those four songs was your favorite from Hollywood Hooray for Hollywood Part One? Uh, <laughs> so we we have uh, first song was "We're on Our Way to Go See Mr. Plotz." I don't know if you'll be able to fit that all in the. I'll shorten it a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I'll find some way to... Um, and then uh, you got to do the schmooze is when they uh talking to Arnold Schwarzenegger and all those people. It's very funny. Um, there's only one of you. It's the spiders and... But there's, there's millions of spiders, but only one of you. And then Variety Speak, but the second version of this. Version song, 2. Yeah. V2 or something. I don't know. <laughs> 2.0. 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can let us know what you think. Go ahead and head on over to twitter.com slash Animaniacaster. Simply, simply search on Twitter for hashtag Animaniacastpoll and you can make your voice heard. Well, it's that time again. Let's go ahead and get to our contact information. Kelly, where can people get in contact with you online? They can email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com or I'm on Twitter. <clears throat> At Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S. Send cough drops to Yoda Princess on Twitter, please. Yes, please. <laughs> and Nathan, what about you? Um, I am on Twitter 24 hours a day. Uh, Django FT, that's me. <laughs> you have a problem, Nathan. Well, <laughs> I can't sleep. <laughs> well, you can go ahead and reach us at the Animaniacast. Of course, we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and every now and then on on reddit it's eh, reddit's okay but you can also email us animaniacast at retrozap.com check out our archives at animaniacast.com we are a proud member of the retrozap podcast community check out uh, retrozap's podcast feed where you can listen to this podcast as well as all the other podcasts that retrozap puts out whether it's star wars pop culture movies uh uh video games, uh, just anything under the sun, all the entertainment's right there, retrozap.com. And of course, if you want to go and hang out with us over at our Discord channel, you can go to discord.animaniacast.com and you can join the RetroZap group. It's a wonderful, positive community. And uh, hey, check it out. We'd love to see you and talk to you. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. That's bad. That's good!